As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, Eden. Hi, Ione. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ione, and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester and the author of Poor Little Sick Girls, which you should buy for everyone you know for Christmas. Great. Yeah, great Christmas present. <laughs> um, I'm Eden, and the managing editor of Polyester and the co-host of this podcast. This is The Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast. We pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, review and subscribe. Do we have any reviews? We do! Five stars. Thank you, Sleepover Club. I love this podcast, especially enjoyed your recent app on anti-intellectualism. It really has me thoughtfully considering how I interact with social media and media in general. There must be a balance between thinking critically and also just enjoying things and not getting harassed for it, right? We shall see. Love heart, love heart. That is from aspiring bird girl in the US of A. Thank you like that's review. also very relevant to our last week's episode. Last, I mean, it's kind of relevant to this week's episode as well. That's very true. The let people enjoy things club versus the everything is evil and you need to stop what you're <laughs> doing club. Last week's episode was was interesting. Oh God. I've been being called a Satanist all week. Me and Eden have been fighting for our lives in the comment section. I think this is the most we've had to fight for our lives, truly. Since the Amber Heard episode, defo, but yeah. also I think even a bit more this one. Yeah. Scary times. Mm-hmm. But we hope we tackled it with nuance and thoughtfulness. Yeah. We do not condone child abuse. Let's just say it again. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which uh, some people were, yeah. Anyway. Let's, anyway, let's, let's move on. <laughs> today we are talking about, what are we talking about, Eden? We are talking about AI selfies. Yes. Which, so, unless you've been living under a rock, you will have seen hundreds of people posting them. Absolutely, hundreds of them. So if you've seen people like posting galleries on Instagram where it's like them, but artworks, it's because of this app called Lenza, which creates AI selfies. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean, Eden? You basically upload your selfies into this machine, mm-hmm. and the machine uses previous examples of artwork to then create your face in those artworks, 
uh, and make you look like a magical fairy princess or a woodland sprite or like a goblin or something. Or like an anime girl or like a klimt girl or like Mm -hmm. what, not just a girl, obviously anyone can do it. So as of Wednesday, it was the most popular iPhone app in the USA. That's wild. I think it's, these things are always, it's like a frenzy almost because the day before no one was on it and then the day that like kind of it gets traction on the internet it's like every single person is posting about it and it becomes like a real like I don't know a real like sensation really like overnight because everyone wants to do it possibly the wildest of all which is you know absolutely no judgment here so you can get 50 avatars 10 images in five styles for 3.99 so you have to pay for this during a one-week trial period, and then for a year, it's thirty-five ninety-nine. This is in dollars, which gets you a fifty-one percent discount. What? So then you still have to pay for your future avatars. I think. I think so. Yeah, you must. You can get up to fifty. Bloody. And yeah. then you have to pay like half price for for anything over fifty fifty pictures. Magic avatars. So apparently it. How it actually works is that Lenser uses stable diffusion, aka in quotations, a really powerful AI-based image generator, said a professor in the School of Computing and Augmented Intelligence at Arizona State University, similar to DALLE2 and Midjourney Stable Diffusion. I don't understand any of this. <laughs> uses- <laughs> this is unbimbo. Um uses image prompts like your selfies and text prompts like fantasy, one of Lenz's AI's categories, to create high-quality images that sometimes get trippy. Mm-hmm. The doctor also said it's showing you pictures that nobody took. It's just able to stitch them up from all other images that it has seen. So it's basically like a really high-end collage, no? Or like fan art, almost. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a little machine. Well, like, do you remember a couple of years ago when this happened... But it wasn't AI and it was like you go on a little website and then you pick your like hair and you pick your thing and it makes you into like a cartoon character and then mm-hmm. everyone had that for a while. Yeah, It's yeah. kind of like that. Definitely. And it's it, it, those kind of things, those little games just really play or lean into like our narcissism because everyone wants to see what they look like as like a cute little cartoon, don't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. of course, everyone's participating in this. And everyone's desperate for like all the content that you can have. So it's great. Yeah. I personally have not done it yet because I'm not paying for it ever. <laughs> I haven't done it either because I am cool. Should we do it for the episode? When Maybe we should out? actually. Yeah, let's do it. Let's post ours. <laughs> so. a work account, lol. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were everywhere. But then people were kind of slowly noticing that depending on what gender you inputted into the machine, it would really overly sexualise you if you picked female gender. And then it wouldn't if you picked any others. Everyone has massive tits, which is actually working for our big tits are back agenda. (laughs) (laughs) It's maybe not the most ethical. So yeah, as soon as there was like, there was all this hype. And then as soon as there was hype, there was the backlash, obviously, because that's Mm -hmm. how the internet works. But you don't. So... First of all, we'll dig into the sexualization thing. What is that all about? Well, s- someone, I can't remember who it was in the research, someone said that basically AI is still dependent on like the people that have programmed it. So mm-hmm. like when you searched, let me find it. Um, so yeah, basically the AI is still dependent on the people that have programmed it. So uh, 
scholars like Safia Noble and Ruha Benjamin have established that machine learning algorithms reproduce cultural biases of both the engineers who code them and the consumers who use them as products. So there's a lot of Western beauty standards and like algorithms develop based on that. So in her book, uh, Algorithms of Oppression, Safia Noble mm-hmm. pointed out that in 2014, when he searched beautiful on Google Images, the results just featured largely largely featured highly sexualized pictures of white women. So even though it is like artificial intelligence, it's kind of already got a, a bias based on gender, sexuality and boob size. Because it's AI, but they're not like aliens. So like humans build it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which sounds really obvious, but that means that it's scraping everything from the internet. And we've already discussed loads how the internet is a dark, dirty place. Yeah. So it's obviously going to take the most like yeah sexy versions of a woman and put them all there mm-hmm. and um, it's also very easy to 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 make the images sexual very very quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then it's so they're sexualizing them they're also making people whiter and have lighter skin yeah. and then they're also making skinny people no fat people skinny yeah so Yasmin Anders, 29, decided to use Lenser AI after seeing it on social media and was particularly excited to see herself recreated into an ethereal fairy. She was, however, ultimately disappointed to see that Lenser had given her a thinner body and a slimmer neck and face. If it's smart enough to turn you into either a fairy or a manga figure, you would think there's some sort of smart software behind it to detect fat people too. Um, but obviously not because no one likes fat people, so... I say this as a fat person before anyone shouts at me. <laughs> yeah, it's like even even in the artificial intelligence world where you could literally create yourself into being any creature you want to, there's still all these biases like that marginalised people are still suffering under when you just want yeah, to create something cute. Yeah, raised calm. Like yeah. one of the most like horrible and disturbing things in your research was Olivia Snowfer Wired saying that the Magic Avatar app lenser generated nudes from my childhood photos. Mm. Yeah. Which is so creepy. It's very strange. Because Lenser's terms of service were saying like no pictures of kids, no nudity, blah, blah, blah. But if you, you can still put pictures of children in and it will still generate something sexual. Not good vibes. Not it's good really vibes. not good vibes. And then also, so, like, if you're just doing that as an experiment for yourself, like, you you can then, well, they've got the images. They've, because there's a whole load of, like, privacy data uh, issues as well. But someone yeah. could then use that, like, for something horrible. They could be putting pictures of children into this machine. Right. And using it for who the fuck knows. Like, it's yeah. it's sinister. Well, even pictures of just, like, if you're a woman or a marginalised person on the internet and then someone wants to be gross, they can put in this of you and make you whatever they want, which is, like, kind of concerning, considering there's, like, the internet that we grew up on was so, like, grounded in autonomy and, like, constructing your own image, where it's, like, now people can just make you into, like, whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever they want. In, like, the space of, like, half an hour. Yeah, like literally it takes no time, it takes no effort, it just takes like a bit of money, but like not even that much. Like if you're really buck wild on doing this, I doubt that three ninety nine is gonna be a like, you know, it's not gonna stop you, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not a roadblock if you want to uh fantasize about anyone. Literally anyone, anyone. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. It's it's dark. <laughs> 
Some of the other problems, so let's talk about this before we go into the other parts of AI are so particularly what has been kind of um, going around my Instagram is the ethics surrounding the Lens app because it's supposedly like the amalgamation of artworks that it's using are not necessarily out of copyright or that they have the rights to, they're just taking all art on the internet. Or people are saying, or the wording is that it's stealing art from smaller creators and artists and then putting them through this app. Mm -hmm. Because it's using like art that people have already created without crediting them. Yeah, so Risa Bobisa, I can't remember, that's her, that's their Instagram handle, did like a big post about this, like saying how, yeah, it feels like weird. And also they were like, oh, I kind of understand how I'm playing into it because my display pick is literally an AI thing that I did like six months ago but like now I'm seeing all this I'm like oh it's weird and then Aja Baba did like a good post that basically was likening Lenza the app to fast fashion in that like yeah you can put or you can put your pictures in you can get like a fairly good result quite quickly and cheaply but someone is probably being exploited down the line yeah because you're taking you're taking like work away from someone who could who that could be like their job or they make money off that just because it's quick and easy and cheap. And I think it's like, it's this. I think there's a few different layers to this. And one of them is, it's like, realistically, are all of the people that are putting their faces into Lenza to get selfies, would they actually realistically probably take the time to commission an artist? No. No. So I'm like, kind of less worried about it in this respect, because I don't think, I think it feeds into this like, anxiety about, we about like having an automated world having a robot run wild and you know there's always like but art can't be replicated and then it's like oh shit well it can like people think art's kind of like above you know like a self-checkout or like a automated chatbot or any of these things but and so now obviously everyone's freaking out because they think oh shit I might actually be replaced but I'm not actually like I don't I'm not saying it's an irrational concern because we also don't know how far this technology will go like for example if you told me like even last year like oh we'd all be doing AI. i don't even know what ai is like i do but i don't do you know what i mean like i don't know what blockchain is i don't know what crypto is and i just don't know <laughs> so i'm not saying that it won't get to the point where people are literally doing this but i also think the way in which artists make their money are not at risk yet if that makes sense yet but I mean, you sent me that photo shoot that was like an AI generated photo shoot and it genuinely looks real. Like if you don't have the media literacy <laughs> callback <laughs> to last week, um, if you don't have the like the, the the know to know that something's fake, you could just look at that and think that it was real. Yeah, so that was Vakira. I don't know if that's how you say it. V-A-Q-U-E-R-A, the like New York based fashion brand. Um, their clothes are really sick. They have actually been doing this for a while. So they did it for Halloween and now they've done it for Christmas where they create like basically an AI campaign. So they're feeding in images to or like prompts or both to whichever service. I don't know. And like, I feel like that's the only um, instance of AI art where I've been like, that is stunning. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I would like publish that. I think it's like actually sick. And then when you find out it's AI, you're like, whoa. I know. I was genuinely shocked like but but I think we're we're at the start of this now so it's like quite exciting because it's like we're seeing the potential of like the future of the internet 
but also it's terrifying at the same time because it's going to become harder and harder to differentiate between what's real and what's fake. And I don't, I don't think it was the, so there's a photographer that's also started doing AI renderings that they're putting up on their Instagram and like that whole, I can't, I don't, don't even think I saved them, which is like bad vibes for me. I'll double check right now because I'd like to credit them, but I can't remember who they are. Um, Basically, they did like a whole post, like a, I don't even know what it was, but like 10 posts down being like, welcome to Uncanny Valley. Mm. And then all the rest of their feed from that point upwards was AI stuff. And it was like kind of similar to the Bakira ones where it was like really good. Mm. Um, Like they could just be high fashion images. But then it kind of like pinged a memory in my head because loads of the stuff they did was basically trying to make images that look like they were from subcultures so like the blitz kids mm. punks blah, blah blah but putting um people of color in there and like non-white people in there which you know at first it's like oh it's an interesting thought because like loads of our remembered history of subculture is white mm. but then i saw on twitter people being like well no because like you know black punks did obviously exist black goths did exist black blitz, blitz kids did exist but like you're just forgetting them and like re- you're, you're reasserting the whiteness Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST that we remember by being like, oh, I have to, with a robot or whatever, artificially put people of colour into these images. Do you know what I mean? Rather than trying to remember our histories of it. Yeah, when they, like, if you look back, they actually were there. Yeah. Interesting. And, like, I think, and then going back to the whole, like, artist stuff and people's images and everything being stolen and, like, this collective anxiety around, like, the digitization of our world I think we can't have these conversations without them being like so for example if fashion brands are going to start doing AI um campaigns like bigger ones because um the brand I mentioned is kind of a small brand but like Mm. for example if we saw like Louis Vuitton doing an AI campaign or if we saw like um instead of whoever doing illustrations they're doing AI renderings magazines doing AI renderings instead of covers we need to which is what Aja said we need to start talking about universal basic income like now yeah (laughs) like we should have started talking about ages ago because obviously we should have started talking about it the moment it was affecting like minimum wage workers and like Mm -hmm. the automization of the supermarkets and all of these things but like if we're going to get to this point we do need to have a universal basic income because then I think our collective anxiety can just kind of like quell a bit and we can start enjoying the weirdness of it all in some way yeah we can learn to live with the machines and the robots yeah because yeah. yeah people do feel like weirdly like threatened by them don't they like the mm-hmm. machine's going to become sentient and kill us all yeah. that's always been an anxiety i think of people and now it's becoming 
not that not that it's becoming more and more, it's going to kill us all but like it's becoming more and more common we have to find a way to like ethically make peace with it and mm-hmm. work it to our advantage because that's also the thing like I feel like if and I don't know if we will but like if we are going to see these AI images in commercial or creative settings we need to find a way to make it work for us rather than it just being like a way for brands to cut corners and not pay as many people exactly um why do you need models and photographers if you could just generate them all on the computer put it in a computer yeah yeah it's kind of bananas it really is on like a flip point so Stringer, who is my friend, you you know Stringer, don't you, Eden? Yeah. Stringer has been doing, who's like an artist, has been doing loads of, um, he made like an account that's basically he's making like horror AI images using like loads of different prompts and stuff. And his point of view is kind of just like, it's another tool for imagination. Like I'm Mm. not stealing anything. Like if you're threatened by it, you just need to sit there. Like it's more democratizing than anything else because you can sit there and like put in all of these crazy um prompts and suddenly get like a piece of art which I think you know that's a very um sunny disposition and I would like to think it's true that it could democratize things but as we know from all other parts of the world (laughs) instead of democratizing it just takes opportunities away yeah whatever whatever good you can do with it someone's always going to want to do something evil with it someone's doing the bad yeah. Mm yeah so Eden, would you like to tell us about Loeb? <laughs> Is that how you say it? So Loeb. I got deep into the Loeb Twitter thread when it first came out, and I'm so happy Eden put it in the research because I kind of just forgot about it, and then I was like, oh, my God, Loeb. Yeah, Loeb is, Loeb is like, actually haunting. Um, so like Loeb... It's literally like the plot of, like, a really shit horror film, like, straight to streaming. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Loeb, like, appearing in the, in the mirror. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Loeb is a woman. People are kind of calling her the first like AI cryptid. Cryptid. Um, What's a cryptid? It's like you know, like Mothman or like I guess like Bigfoot would be a cryptid. It's like a creature that is like it's like a mythologized creature throughout like, like history. Like a monster. Yeah, yeah, something like that, uh, or like Slenderman. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, hopefully, I'm right. Correct me if I'm wrong, cryptid fans. Um, but yeah, people are basically saying that someone tweeted saying it was only a matter of time before someone found the first cryptid in latent space, which is like mm-hmm. kind of a spooky concept anyway. Um, but Twitter user Super Composite discovered this woman who she named Loeb in April. The AI pr- reproduced her more easily than other celebrities. Her presence is persistent and she haunts every image she touches. Um, so the woman has like dark red cheeks and hollow eyes and basically when you when you try and generate her the images become like more and more disturbing mm-hmm. um so they come from uh an ai tool like dali 2 or dal the d a l l e 2 um so the person that when they first created it super composite she started with the prompt brando and basically like when you want to make the opposite of the image you have to use like a negative prompt weight so you put like she wanted to make the opposite of brando like Marlon brando mm-hmm. um then the text so when she put that in the tech the tool generated an image that looked like a logo which read digital Penetics. and then mm-hmm. she thought i wonder what the opposite of that logo is is it going to be a picture of Marlon brando so when she wanted to make the opposite of that logo this woman appeared 
lobe. Oh, so, so creepy. It really is. Like, it's actually, like, giving me shivers. So A picture in, of lobe on our Instagram mean dump. Yeah. In trying, to, in trying to create the opposite of Marlon Brando, it created this logo. And then when he tried to make the opposite of this logo, lobe appeared. It made a scary so the, lady. Yeah. The first images aren't um, that unsettling. It's just, like, maybe, like, a 50-year-old woman with, like, long, like, dark hair. Looks a bit sad. Um, but then when you combined her with like other neutral images, so there's like an image of like a tunnel someone used or like um, whatever, the images then got creepier and creepier. And like the person super composite told the AI to draw something new with this woman as a base. Then that spawned loads of images, like got really, really gory stuff, like lobe beheading children, lobe eating people, lobe like, stabbing people basically just like really really horrible horrible things um and they don't know why they don't know where she comes from or what or who she is but she's like appears more than like celebrities and stuff They're, i love love like, yeah i love um, her. her on the cover of polyester but they just they, they just don't know where she's come from and like why this woman is being generated more than like popular figures or like who she is also then if i'm remembering correctly it's like they started putting in prompts that were less heavily weighted to lobe and like more to something else or like not even had lobe in but then she'd still be there like she'd just appear in like the corner of these images she'd like you could see her and stuff very scary super composite said like she's always there you just need to know how to look for her (laughs) (laughs) but then yeah someone someone commented saying that like uh we must we must examine like why uh ai is associating just an older looking woman with something horrific and macabre yeah and then someone said you know it could like be a potentially real older woman because they're pulling in the data from actual real things and imagine how fucking horrible it'd be if you realized you were low if you were low that's really nasty but yeah you should look up some of the pictures are really horrible just to warn people but it's just like this kind of like new online mystery, like which is going to become part of like the mythology of AI because it's yeah. only just starting. Like, and yeah, who the fuck is Lobe? Who the fuck is Lobe? And I think it's like also interesting because this image-based thing is so new. Like, it feels so new that we're just getting to grips with it that we kind of don't really think about how much we actually interact with ai on a daily basis like yeah in chatbots in all of these other ways like we are and like i know you've put in about how they've been making a really really good new chatbot that's like the best ever one yeah and it was so funny like i was listening to this podcast a few months ago um on like a really long train ride and it was basically how it was the story of how the guy who invented ai chatbots or like was very high up in inventing them and like studied them and knew everything about them was duped by it and he fell for a chatbot. Like, <gasps> oh, he didn't know it was a chatbot. So he like went on OkCupid or whatever. Obviously, this is like early noughties or like not not super recent. Remember OkCupid <laughs> in it? And he um he started talking to this woman, and they were like exchanging messages. It wasn't like a live chatbot. It was more like an email based thing or whatever. Mm. And they were exchanging messages, and like this woman was supposedly in Russia and like he knew all of these things about her life and then she like started to just get weirder and weirder in Mm -hmm. her responses and like 
nothing was adding up like he'd ask her stuff and then obviously the prompts would come back and like it was like her stories would cross over and like weird stuff Mm -hmm. like this and then he was like he had he fell in love with this woman he was like trying to get her out of Russia to America all of this stuff and then it wasn't a fucking woman it was an (sighs) it was AI and he invented AI he invented chatbots he couldn't like see it he couldn't realize it gooped and gagged what the hell that just shows like how far they've come because <laughs> do you remember um smarter child on msn yes. like yeah. when i was when i was doing the research that's all i could think of because this <laughs> new one what's the new one called uh uh the new one is called chat something something, GP, something. chat gpt yeah, yeah. um but yeah, even Smarter Child was pretty intelligent. So it's like this little bot you would talk to on MSN, not on yeah. MSN, and you could just ask him questions and well, they and they would they would reply back. Like that was definitely one of the first interactions I had with AI as like a fucking twelve year old child or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this new one is supposed to be really really intelligent. And someone was saying that like you can treat it as like your own like personal assistant oh really what to like remind you of stuff and stuff chat, yeah so chat gp so you can go on it and basically like someone was saying if you wanted to do like uh like a meal plan for the week you could type into google meal plans and it would show you all the all the available ones but you can say to this one make me this and it will make it or you can say can you make so like you can type in like essay questions from like uni or whatever and say can you formulate an essay about this and it'll send back like a thousand word essay instantly <laughs> lol and it's like cohesive (laughs) (laughs) but but this is the thing like are we gonna need ghostwriters are we gonna need people that that do copywriting like because when you ask it to do copywriting it can basically like uh do like a well well well-defined task so it can it can complete that task pretty easily and with coherence like so again like you said people's jobs that could become defunct and i think it's like funny because I think it also shows like how the way that we use in terms of going back to Lenza, like the way that we use the internet, even though it's changed so much, we've gone through so many bloody apps, all of these things that were still behaving in the same way as when we were 13. Like I yeah. gobbled Lenza up when I was 13. <laughs> and I was saying to Eden, it's kind of like really similar to how mums operate on Facebook. Like, you know, those things where you put in a picture and then it like spurts out which Coronation Street character you are or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's very, it's giving Facebook mum and it's just tying into my thesis that we're all becoming internet boomers and we are no better than our parents, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, it's very true. Like we have this this amazing technology at our fingertips and all we want to do is like, what do I look like <laughs> as a fairy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the potential to do incredible things is there, but again, our narcissism gets the best of us. Yeah, I suppose we have to get ahead of it before then other people exploit it whereas I suppose hopefully we could use it for good like I don't know I still think it's fishy that it like pulls everything in from I feel bad for the artist because imagine if you saw one that was literally just like your work and you were like great news like you would finish it people are saying you can see like people's like artist signatures and stuff like in the corner of like some of the lenser pictures or like a very warped signature yeah Um, well yeah because there is the potential to do good like with this chat GP gpt thing it can like remember you if you keep mm-hmm. on coming back to it so people were saying it could be used as like therapy or used if people are like really lonely there are therapy apps for that now though aren't there like i yeah. feel like i was saying that on the podcast like because there's even specific because he the guy who made this help develop like loads of different 
AI chatbots and there's ones for, you know, if you want like a sexy chat with someone, mm-hmm. but he wasn't trying to do any of those things, which is why it like duped him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, then- it's crazy that you can literally just find a robot to like have phone sex with like text sex text sex some sex as well <laughs> do some of that do some of that text sex thing. um but do you not think that's like it's not very satisfying if you know that it's fake i don't know babe i haven't tried it it might be fine <laughs> yeah because yeah you just it feels a bit uh a bit like numb and a bit yeah. empty if you know it's a robot you keep veering from like super cynical to super like it's gonna be great. I know, yeah. <laughs> this, this is the thing, like there's, there's there's pros and cons to it all, and it's just like the potential for for greatness is there, but you know, a humans are horrible, and that's not gonna happen. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> we always end on like the darkest note as well. Yeah, like literally next week. <laughs> Next week, it's our last episode of the year and we are doing a reflection on the year in podcast of our podcast in 2022. So if you had a favourite episode, please tell us. Maybe we'll talk about it, but we're going to pick our favourites. So, yeah. Yeah, the round up 2022. Round up. up. Also, Goblin Mode being Word of the Year. I think we can attribute that to A, Miss Julia Fox, of course. B, Esme and Karis, who wrote the Guardian article. And then us. (laughs) (laughs) we'll be covering that episode i think (laughs) i think so thank you eden thanks ioni thank you everyone for listening thank you to olivia for editing thank you to gina and gina charlotte izzy grace hattie and misha we will see you next week goodbye Bye. bye